Welcome to Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast, a podcast to help you connect with your highest self that features episodes combining psychology, spirituality, and energy healing. Please welcome your host, Zandra Haas, a spiritual wellness coach, psychotherapist, and psychic medium in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast this week. Today, I am going to be sharing a really loving, heartfelt, open story about something that I've been working on because I'm seeing other people working on it too. And I would love to share my process with you to also bring hope or joy or excitement to something I think a lot of people are very afraid of. I often say this, but I am the guinea pig. (laughs) Before I speak something, before I offer information about something, I'm really working on it in myself. And I notice there's a lot of other people working on these things. And when I share, there's a desire to be in community, to be in connection, to be deeply understood by one another, because I think community is one of the most important things that we can do especially during this time, as more and more things seem to be moving faster and heating up in this way. So today I'm going to talk about the importance of developing the we. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But the idea of moving from the I conscious to the we conscious is going to be really, really important as the years continue to go on. And When I say developing the I to the we, when I'm working with a lot of sensitive, empathic, intuitive people, that concept of the we has already been something that that person has typically been born with. Your folks that are very empathetic and very sensitive can already feel the we. And so please know when I am sharing this information, it doesn't mean that you still don't have boundaries. It still doesn't mean that you don't align in your own self-care and that you don't make decisions based off of your system. But the we has to do with letting people in to help and heal you and getting out of the concept of, I have to be the one to take care of myself or getting rid of the fear or the patterning in the body that very few people can meet you based off of a sense of not feeling enough. And so I'm going to go into this a little bit. I'm going to start off by sharing a story with this, but just feeling the kind of invitation out here is as I'm telling this story, see what parts you resonate with, see what parts feel like you, see if this is something you've already worked out through your system, but allow yourself to be in the heart space during this so you can sort of access that higher intuitive emotional knowing and see how this lands for you. So I grew up in a space just longing to be connected to people. I was one of those people that struggled so severely with FOMO. If someone was spending time with someone after school, I would be like, oh, I really want to spend time with that person. I really want to have fun. I really want connection. There was this deep, deep longing my whole life to be in community. And also as this deep longing to be in community was there, I also felt very directly, very different from other people. And I really tried to hide it. I really, really tried to hide it because it felt like a weakness. I was like, I don't want anyone, you know, I don't want anyone to know, like I'm the color purple and everyone else is blue. There was this sense of like, ooh, 
I feel like something's different in there. I feel like I can't directly connect with people. And I also don't want to draw attention to it because I don't actually want it to be real, right? I don't want to, I have this sense of being and I'm trying to overcome it. I'm trying to prove to myself that I'm really blue instead of purple, right? So growing up with this sort of feeling, I'm not quite fitting. And I know a lot of people experience that, especially my sensitive, my empathic folks, my star seeds, the people that love other people, but also feel like they can't fully connect with other people. There can be this weird kind of dichotomy of like, wow, I love people. I love being with people. And yet why can't I connect more deeply to people? Or why don't I feel like our vibes or our frequencies fully mesh or work together? I was always jealous growing up with the people that are like, I've had this best friend since I was like two years old. Or, you know, I've been best friends with this person since third grade. Every single year I changed friends. I moved around sort of in different systems and things. Sometimes I had a lot of friends, sometimes I had little, but I just felt like I grew out of people really fast for some reason. I couldn't figure out why it seemed like I would go into a friend system and it wouldn't last very long. And I couldn't figure out why. So I started working on like, okay, am I doing something wrong? Is there something wrong with me? And so it started building this complex in a way of there's something weird with me, or there's something not workable, or there's something not good enough. And yet I was so fearful about speaking those fears out loud that I just kind of hid them down. I put down this sort of fear in myself around like, I don't know if I'm actually enough. And yet saying these things out loud might look like a weakness. I'm not going to say that either. Right. So what this did is it caused a lot of anxiety in my space, a lot of hypervigilance, a lot of did I, did I upset that person? There was this constant tracking of other people. And I really got lost in some ways around like what my own needs were because I just wanted to be with people. Okay. So I remember growing up and writing in my journal, especially even entering into college. I wish I could go get like Chipotle by myself. I wish I could go get coffee by myself. I wish I could go on a trip by myself. I wish I could go to a workout class by myself. I would find that I would have all these ideas of wanting to do things, but I never felt like I could do them on my own. I always felt like I had to do them with other people. I wasn't courageous enough. I didn't have that strong sense of self. And so I didn't realize this back then, but there is a technique as a therapist called ERP. I didn't realize this then, but what I started doing is actually considered a therapeutic treatment modality. I found out later as a therapist. And it's called exposure prevention response, ERP. Oh, wait, exposure response prevention. There we go. I switched it around. So what that essentially means is that when you are afraid of something, when you are fearful of something and your anxiety is saying, I can't do this, I'm going to die. Anxiety tends to be like the what if piece. There's constant what ifs, I'm going to die. What if I fail? What if people laugh at me? There's all these what ifs. And so what it does is it causes you to not take chances. It causes you to not do the things that you want to do. And so I started saying to myself, I want to love being by myself. I want to appreciate myself. I don't want it to be based off of other people anymore. And so I slowly started exposing myself to the things that I was afraid of. And people do this all the time, right? I started, it might seem simple. But I went to Chipotle by myself and ordered a burrito and sat down and ate it. And I was like, wow, can I enjoy just spending time by myself? And so I started off with this sort of wee murky energy. 
as a kid of wanting to spend time with people. And what it did is it caused a lot of blurriness about me actually liking myself, about me as my own separate energetic soul being. So what I didn't realize then is by spending more time with myself and trying new things and learning, sometimes they went well, sometimes they didn't, it strengthened this self-trust in myself that, wow, I'm enough and I can do creative things and I'm resilient. I'm resilient and I can get through this. That's what I kept saying to myself. I'm resilient and I can get through this. I can do this. I know I can do this. So I started changing my internal self-talk to the what if, the fear-based to I'm resilient and I can do this. I'm excited. And I knew I started taking it as a sign that if I was afraid of something, I would go, oh, wow, that's a sticky spot where I don't trust myself yet. That's a sticky spot where I'm afraid of myself. And I started saying, I don't want to be afraid of myself anymore. I don't want to be afraid of anything anymore. And so I would lean into fear spaces and it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun all the time, but I was like, I want my full freedom. I want to be my full, authentic, free self. I want to be able to go where I want to go and trust myself and stay present. And so it took years. And what I didn't realize, like I said, is that in therapy, this treatment, right? Exposure response prevention or prevention response. I keep getting them mixed up, but you can laugh with me there. Essentially what it means is that you expose yourself and you prevent a certain response from happening. You prevent the avoidant behaviors. You really want to go to a meditation, but you're afraid. What if you look weird? You decide to stay home and watch TV and get Chipotle. We'll use Chipotle again, right? You avoid doing something you want to do and you do a certain behavior. And the problem is, is that cycle happens again and again and again. Every time you want to do something, but all the anxiety builds up, you just do that behavior to move the anxiety, but you never actually get through things. And so again, the reason I bring this in is it took me a long time to be able to trust myself. It took a long time for me to be able to do these things. But what I realized is that when I exposed myself to these things, I got a lot of trust in myself. Now, this whole podcast or this YouTube video, it's about going from the I into the we. So I tell you this first part to show you that I kind of flipped for a second. Not a lot of people start off with the we. They usually start off with the I. And the reason that being able to balance or switch to the concept of it just being about us and moving into the we, as you can tell, our planet is becoming, how do I say this, more lit up by all the things happening, right? In terms of health, in terms of natural disasters, in terms of culture shifting, in terms of politics, there's all these things heating up. And the more that we stay in the I think this, I want this for myself, and we don't lean into the we or the community, the more we lose out on collaboration and building and being able to offer to ourselves that other people have puzzle pieces that we need. So again, I'm telling you this story about how I kind of started in this murky kind of like martyr, unboundaried we. I started doing all of this work to reconnect back into myself so I had good self-confidence. The only tricky part that I developed in that time is that part of that was I trust myself so much that I started putting on pressure on myself that I need to be the one to find the answers. I need to be the one to hold people. It sort of overflipped in terms of I need to be the healer, the holder, the space holder, right? Hence going into therapy, right? It sort of recreates this cycle of, I need to be the one holding. And so what it started doing 
was it put this severe pressure on myself that I need to always have the answer. I need to figure it out rather than being vulnerable and leaning into other people and asking them to share their wisdom or their life experience to help me. And I started realizing that I accidentally block other people's goodness on accident. I was like, wow, people have so much to give us. You know, it's not always bad. And it's your perception that chooses the medicine that you receive in life, right? So like, for instance, in our minds, on average, 70%, I think it's, yeah, it's 77% of what we say to ourselves inside is negative. Is that incredible? 77%. Start looking at your thoughts. Three out of four thoughts you have are negative towards something, someone else. Hopefully it's not you. Hopefully we're on a different team here, but on average, they did studies on it, 77%. So there is so much going on inside of us that puts us in an I sort of place. And what I'm realizing as I get older is that so many people have love, wisdom, purpose, insight to give us. And if we can move into the we of learning how to trust yourself, because sometimes that's its own path, but then starting to trust other people, you start bringing good people into your life. If you say, wow, I'm doing the best I can and I deserve love and support, and I'm going to allow certain people into my life and not allow others, right? So these healthy boundaries, you do that through understanding who you are. That's the first step is coming into your soul, grounding into yourself and learning those things, but not creating ego around it, not creating fear about trusting others. I went from one side to the other. There's no sense of self depending on other people developing this healthy sense, but then going over into the deep end of, I don't know how to take in medicine from people anymore because I'm only plugged in to my spirits and source. There's so much beauty in community. So what I've had to learn in the second rotation is that other people have puzzle pieces for us. And I start practicing this all the time, right? So <laughs> I love <laughs> oat milk, chai, bhakti lattes. And one of my favorite things to do is when I'm out in public with people, I practice things. I go, oh, I'm practicing being a little bit more vulnerable here and not oversharing, but being open. So I might go to Target. I think the other day I was buying a hairbrush and I was going through a line and I was like, how can I practice here? How can I practice asking someone about their day? But instead of just holding a space for what they're going through, do I want to offer something back? Right? So it's the we. And so I walked up and I was buying this hairbrush and it's a big pack of them. And she said, how's your day going? And I said, it's going really, really well. I have all these hairbrushes now and I'm trying to think of all the places that I can put a hairbrush in my bag so I can remember to comb my hair. And she started laughing and she said, I've never been good at combing my hair. And I was like, I was like, me neither. I was like, how many brushes do you have? She's like, I literally have one. And we started this funny, silly, whatever conversation about hairbrushes, right? But for me, normally I ask people how they are and I just sort of hold space. I don't actually offer sort of my perspective on things. And we're getting this conversation with the hairbrush. And it turns out I was talking to her. I said, yeah, I actually didn't find the hairbrush I was looking for. It's like, I bought this big pack of them because it was close enough, but I didn't really find it. And she said, well, what are you looking for? And I explained that I was looking for this special wooden brush, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, I actually go to natural grocers and I saw one of those there. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. I said, that's the hairbrush that I'm looking for. I ended up giving it away to my mother when I was visiting sometime. I was like, you need a better hairbrush. And I gave it to her, right? Again, this giving energy of trying to help other people. And so what do I do? I go over to natural grocers. 
I buy the hairbrush I'm looking for. And the only reason I found it was because I allowed this person to bring me a puzzle piece. I spoke what I was looking for. I was authentic. Then all of a sudden she had an idea or a way to help me. I didn't have to do it all by myself. So I'm having these experiences all the time. The more that I start speaking, wow, I'm really looking for this, or I would really love this and trusting that other people might have the answer. I'm starting to tell my higher self, wow, I'm going to move towards this. And I would really love help on this. And I can say that now out of worthiness and deservingness. A lot of times we're afraid that we're not enough, which was my core fear. I'm not enough. I don't deserve help. I have to do it on my own, all those things. So I developed this complex about being really secure. And I started to realize I'm working really hard because I'm trying to do all of it myself. We were never meant to do everything all on our own. We've grown up in communities for millennia. And yet there is such a switch in our culture that the I, and there's something beautiful about being self-sufficient, right? Like thanks Google for being able to help us Google something. Yesterday, my car wouldn't start and I realized there was corrosion on a battery. So I was able to Google it, right? Realized I needed to go get this thing to move the corrosion off. And then I brought it home and my partner said, hey, do you want help with this? My normal self would say, no, I got it. And bring my phone out and watch Google. Was I a little kind of like, I don't know exactly how I'm doing. I want to make sure I do this right and not get battery acid on my hands. I was a little nervous. And so I looked at him and said, yeah, I would love for you to be there with me. I think I know what I'm doing, but it'd be great to have support. And that actually took me years to be able to ask for those things or to say those things. And he stood by me and we worked and collaborated together and it took 15 minutes and we fixed my battery and my car started. So with where the world is going, there's a lot of people doing ascensions, waking up, trying on different things. But from an astrological perspective, if we go into that arena, the 2020 shift into the Aquarius. The Aquarius sign is about technology, but it's about the we. It's about the collaboration. It's about being able to be in community and let good people support you. It is shutting the door to people that are not honoring you and want to help you from a true heart-centered, grounded place and allowing yourself to bring in healthier community and starting to ask for it, asking for it in your normal day. Something can't come to you unless you're open to receiving it and you start asking for it. If you need to work on worthiness or love or trusting yourself, maybe it becomes, I would love to have good community in my life. Saying something like that to yourself. I would love to have good community in my life that honors me, that sees me, and that's collaborative. I can support them and they can support me, right? So I bring this we in because I see a lot of people starting to work with that energy. And I can see all these patterns in a lot of us growing up about being enough means you do everything yourself. Being enough means you're resilient. But the tricky part is, is that you never access or you never heal the fear of not being enough about other people letting us down. If you've had a lot of people in your life that you've reached out for, for support and they weren't there, they let you down. It can also be a tricky place and it's a good place to learn, All right? If we go back to the ERP or the EPR, I think it's ERP. Yeah, there we go. Leaning into exposing yourself into places that you're afraid of and allowing yourself to go, oh, I'm afraid of this place. This is good. Fear is supposed to come up. I'm healing this. This is the ache in me that needs medicine. And you lean into those places. You go get the Chipotle. You go to the women's group. You start the swimming practice. You go to the gym and you say, I would love to step in and working through my fear of doing something. And I would also love to meet good community. Oftentimes I'm working with really amazing people and sometimes they don't have good community around them. So the idea of the we, the healthy form of the we seems very strange. 
because they don't feel like there's good people around them. The tricky part is I ask them and say, so there's probably other people out there looking for you. How much are you allowing those people to find you? Out of your week, how many days, how many attempts are you going out of your way to find the people that you're looking for or to give them an opportunity to find you? Because if you're just going to work, ordering your groceries online, watching movies, maybe occasionally walking your dog, how likely are those people going to find you? Unless maybe while you're putting gas at the gas station or car and someone's across from you and starts a conversation, in order to find good people, you have to think about where are the people located that you're inspired by and start going to those places. You have to give people the opportunity to find you because trust me, as a therapist that sees such good people looking for good community, amazing people, sensitive people, psychic people, intuitive people, heart-based people that are very good people, you're all looking for each other. You are all looking for each other, but you're not giving yourselves the opportunity to be found and you're not pushing through the fear of not being enough or taking myself, for example, the I have to do it myself. I have to be the one. You block out other people bringing you puzzle pieces. You block out potentially it being easier or finding good community or healing things. If you want to take the slow road, do it yourself. If you want to take the fast route, find community because you heal better when there's more people involved. You get challenged more, but it's like a rock in a rock tumbler. In order to polish a rock, it doesn't just roll around in a tumbler by itself and smooth the edges. It could, it might take a long time, but they put a rock, they put a bunch of them in a tumbler together and they spin it around and they all polish each other back and forth, right? So what I'm saying in this moment, and I'm bringing my story in, is that developing healthy boundaries, developing a healthy sense of self, developing really, really deep self-love, nourishment, worthiness, giving yourself that freedom, connecting with your soul. It's your birthright. It's that sacred, sacred connection, just like your fingerprint. Finding that root and ground in yourself, rooting down into yourself. But the branches, these branches, we seek community. We long for connection. We long for inspiration, that authenticity of being ourselves and being in community. I challenge you to consider the we. Imagine a world where you could be yourself and people considered you and helped take care of you and offered things as you gave things. There was this reciprocity, this ability to move energy back and forth, to be in deep connection. It's possible. And I think it's what our world has been evolving towards and being really challenged to move towards. So I share this story so that you can understand that the we doesn't mean dropping boundaries. The we doesn't mean not having a good, healthy sense of self, but it's a step up. The I and the we need to be balanced. And this I, oftentimes, if it's really strong, it's strong out of fear because it's fear of not being enough. It's fear of rejection. It's fear of not doing things right. It's fear of failure. Over-dependence on yourself and underdependence on other people means you're not going to grow and learn as fast. So I offer this as sort of a love, as sort of a prayer out there that if you're looking for community, if you're looking for connection for people like you, are you putting yourself in the places for them to find you? Are you going to the spaces where people you're inspired by are located? Asking yourself those questions, they're big and they might help you shift a lot. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast this week. As always, sending so, so much love. 
Thanks for joining us this week on Soul Essence Wellness Center's podcast. Make sure to visit Zandra's website, soulessencewellnesscenter.com, to find more resources about how to transform your life. Zandra is available for private coaching, energy healings, psychic readings, and much more.